You're listening to Dead Candy. Dedicated entertainment for the dead. Slash Paradise encourages viewers to watch these horror films before listening to our show. Danny and Lance will go through everything, including filmmaking, dialogue, characters, and even full scene breakdowns when we get excited. Enjoy the show. I'm going to say four words to you, Mr. Gonzalez, and I want you to say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. You ready? Shoot. Jason goes to hell. Well, that makes me think of a hot pile of steaming shit put through a spaghetti strainer in the middle of a desert. (laughs) Welcome to Slasher's Paradise. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right well done <laughs> welcome to slash's paradise that's danny i'm lens was that too harsh uh we're going to hell tonight yeah well <laughs> great <laughs> <laughs> it's uh no longer friday the 13th it's no jason goes to hell it looks like we're just gonna try and get the people to come watch another friday the 13th movie but not by name or title. Let's just try and rope him in by saying, hey, Jason's in this movie. Come watch it. Jason. And I mean, kind of not really. People did watch it. People did watch it. A little bit of a break uh, from the last Friday that we saw. But folks, if you're caught up, the last Friday the 13th that we talked about, Friday the 13th, part eight, Jason goes to hell is the last, uh, for a while, to be owned by Paramount. Yes, the fully functional Paramount Friday the 13th relationship has ended. And Paramount has uh, decided to give up the character of Jason Voorhees mm. only mm-hmm. to New Line Cinema. Well, would you look at that? So for years already, we've talked about this the last few episodes, uh, Paramount was ready to have some sort of relationship with New Line Cinema so that they could finally make the Freddy versus Jason movie. But we couldn't make a deal happen. And so Paramount gave up and said, we're not making as much money as we used to. Go ahead and take Jason off our hands. Do what you need to do. <sighs> this was all on Sean S. Cunningham, by the way, who had gone over to New Line Cinema and talked the company basically into buying the rights for at least Jason. So Sean S. Cunningham, part of the original Friday the 13th mm-hmm. is a part of this deal. And that's the reason that Jason is now in line Yep, with new line and Freddy Krueger. <laughs> it's a new line. Yes, it is. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I mean, look folks, uh, I don't like to talk a bunch of shit, but I am going to for this movie. Uh, this is really tough for anyone who has been a fan of the Friday the 13th franchise up to date. And, you know, I'm going to say, like, quite honestly, there has been 
even in part five, something to find some small minutia of a redeeming quality, redeeming point in the entire franchise or in that movie as it relates to the franchise. Yeah. I don't, I don't see it here. Honestly, like I, I'm going to have a hard time. I always find a way, but I'm going to have a hard time speaking well of this movie as it relates to the Friday the 13th franchise. That's what I'm going to say. That's an amazing point because as I was watching this movie for particularly this podcast, not trying to bring anything else into this podcast, I'm like, okay, let's de-objectify this. It's not a Friday the 13th movie. Let's look at it as a horror film as a whole. Even that is kind of rough to kind of bring to the table. Um, kind of the I don't want to get to the point of this. I want to take care of business before we let's go take care of some business. You got to put some hustle behind this muscle. That's right. So yeah, yeah you know why I said that. So <laughs> oh, you all will know why I said that. Uh, we like to play a little game here in Slasher's Paradise called the Slash Word. Danny, what is the Slash Word? Lance, the Slash Word is Slasher's Paradise's version of the popular game Password, wherein if you, the listener, the Slashers, hear the Slash Word being said throughout the episode, you take a drink of your favorite beverage of choice. And folks, it is Jason Goes to Hell, and we might as well just go ahead and put our stamp of alcoholic beverage for this one <laughs> <laughs> absolutely uh guaranteed yeah uh for every slash word we usually have a caller a special guest caller into slash paradise tonight calling in danny who do we have well uh i just want to say that i am so much very much <laughs> extremely excited that we were able to get this individual to call in for the slash word today, Lance. Uh, I've been able to use a lot of my connections to get this person to come, uh, to get people to come in. But I, uh, I'm going to tell you that this one, you're going to have to follow me a little bit on how this connects. So we have someone in this film that plays the coroner for the initial autopsy of Jason, played by the very talented. Richard Grant. Okay. So Richard Grant is also well known from another movie of a very other popular franchise, not horror related, but he plays Mr. George Washington Duke from Rocky five. And so I used that connection and I called it in folks. We have Rocky Balboa calling in with the slash. Oh my word. goodness. Yep. We have Rocky wow. Bal fucking Boa calling in <laughs> with the slash word today. I did not know where that was going. I thought, uh-huh. okay, uh, Rocky Balboa, you are on the line for tonight's slash word. Go ahead and give it to our listeners. Hey, yo, this is Rocky Balboa, and I was going to give you the slash word for today. And the slash word is hell. Like, you know, I go through hell. I went through hell with a lot of me. I went through hell when I was doing Duke. And I went through hell Adrian. I don't know what to do. All right. Heck yeah. Thank you very, very much, yeah. Mr. Rocky Balboa. Oh, the yeah. champ has come and gone and has left the building. Champ has left the building. That's but the uh, and this good, episode. <laughs> and good for him, honestly. You don't want to be sticking around, even though... Uh, 
the George Washington Duke has to be uh, associated with, and that's not his real name, but I already said his real name, but I'm going to be calling him George Washington Duke, who has put some hustle behind this muscle, plays the coroner in Jason Goes to Hell. And folks, we're going to jump into this here in a little bit. Uh, but uh, we have some more business to get into. I can't wait to hear this. Danny, what is the pina colada for Jason Goes to Hell? Jason Goes to Hell's pina colada by Danny Gonzalez. Jason is dead. Again. Killed by an FBI task force that has been associated with the destruction of Jason. However... It is being revealed that Jason is not merely flesh and bone, but the epitome of evil. And so when you kill the vessel of Jason Voorhees, the soul, the spirit of evil lives on and will now, in a way of infecting everyone who comes into contact with his remains and then being passed on by slugs, different people get infected with the spirit of Jason. <laughs> and throughout the movie, you yeah, that's it. That's the pumpkin. That's the, uh, that's the pina colada. Uh, different people are infected with the spirit of Jason. That's it. Uh, that's a tap out if I've ever heard one. <laughs> the movie was released August 13th, 1993. So we're about four years removed from the last time we've seen Jason on the big screen. Budget was $3 million. The box office was $15.9 million. Uh, the movie was directed by uh, Adam Marcus, mm. <clears throat> written by Jay Hughley and Dean Laurie, and I think a plethora of other people as well added to this monstrosity. Uh, starring John DeLemay. DeLemay? Okay. DeLemay? I think it's LeMay. DeLemay? Sure. He likes to add the D in there. <laughs> Who doesn't? Um. Okay. <laughs> Gary Keegan, uh, Steve Williams, and returning to Jason for a cameo, <laughs> Kane Hodder. <laughs> yeah, I, I, maybe a featured, featured. Like cameo would be like Corey Feldman in part five. I'd I say, say this cameo is- because Jason's he does play Jason for ah. a cameo. Yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah, he also does show up without Jason makeup or anything, just as Kane Hodder as the actor. At some point as well. So, yeah, it's like um, a double cameo for Kane Hodder. <laughs> Kane Hodder and the, and his uh, and his mullet It's a magnetic mullet. It's magnificent amazing. magnetic. It's got a nice little curl. So, yeah, it's a nice, tight, packed in mullet. I just would never, ever make uh, fun of uh, that mullet to his face. So I'm going to talk more about the um, business side of this movie rather than the movie itself. Go for it. Uh, New Line Cinema. So Sean S. Cunningham has moved over to New Line Cinema, wanted the rights for Jason. This is basically a, hey, we have Jason now. What do we do with them? We still want to make a Freddy versus Jason. Everything. The stars have a line, but. Wes Craven still wants to make more Nightmare on Elm Streets. We don't know how to land it yet. So go ahead and make a Jason film. Mm. Do whatever you want with it, I guess. So this is because we get Jason goes to hell and then eventually Jason X before Freddy versus Jason because Wes ain't done. We're just kind of waiting. We're waiting for the proper script. 
Um, more so down the line when Freddy or when Jason X comes around, we're waiting for Wes because he wants one more. Uh, Thank God, because that one more was awesome. So, yeah. So we are still kind of waiting for Wes. We're kind of waiting to find a, the right script. Nothing really aligns perfectly, except for the fact that we have both characters under the same umbrella and we can use them. But we haven't seen Jason in four years. Do we have enough momentum with Jason? He was starting to not make as much money. Um, so go ahead and, and make another Jason film. Uh, I wish they wouldn't have. That's where I'm at. Same. Look, Lance, it sucks, <sighs> man. This mo- It sucks. It sucks. This movie just makes me want to... <sighs> it, it, ju- it just looks lazy. It reeks of laziness. And it also reeks of a cash grab. And I will say this. Bef- I've said it before. I'll say it again. The horror community is not stupid. We know when you're trying to just take our money. And yeah, sometimes we're just going to give it to you knowing that you want it. But the this reeks of a of a cash grab. And you just you just said it. It is actually a cash grab. It's 100% that. We don't have a script for Freddy versus Jason. You were completely uh, acquired just so that we can make our Freddy versus Jason movie, but Wes ain't done with his nightmare installment. So let's just put together this piece of shit and try to see what we can churn out. And they did. And I mean, it made some money, uh, a little, yeah, less I mean, than before again, a small budget, but it was just kind of like, a, well, we got to get Jason out there again. We've, we've talked about this a lot. It happened with Leatherface a lot. Like, well, shit, we got the rights for another year. We better put out a movie before we lose the rights kind yep. of thing. So yes. it's like, well, we have Jason uh, horror movies. I've talked about this before. This is an awkward time. I think the transition between the 80s and 90s style-wise for horror movies, movies in general, is kind of awkward. I'm not saying there's not great gems. There's not amazing movies in that time. I'm mm. saying the transition between the eras, yeah. 80s and 90s, is awkward. It's not a clean cut. It's right. not a, yes, it's not a very uh, smooth transition. Yeah. And that's where this movie kind of lies. And um, horror films in general, kind of like, I mean, I think Pet Cemetery kind of came out like 191. Oh, I can't wait to talk about Number two, that. I believe the sequel came out in that time. So, like I said, there's gems, but it's just this kind of like, where are we? Like, but you can do, you can put out something fantastic and great that does kind of toe the line or kind of dip its toes in both sides of the decade. Remember, we don't know that the, we, you know, it's not, oh, it's 1990. Got to change our whole wardrobe. Got to change our whole style. You know, a lot of the eighties is bleeding over still. So, yeah. so uh, I do think that this movie has a lot more nineties feel to it, but it just looks cheaply shot. And that's a bummer because it is a new line film. It, 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 uh, it's got, it's, it has accomplished well enough, good character and leading actors. It has what it needs to make a good film as yeah. far as like the acting capability. There's just no proper story or nothing that actually makes sense. I mean, you, if you watch this movie, I was watching it the other night. I'm like, what in the hell is happening? Like, how is this in your head that this is okay from one scene to the next? It's just so convoluted. It, yeah. It seems like a bunch of scenes were put together on, on, on paper 
and then a, bu- a lot of improv. Like th- there are some like admittedly for some of the filmmakers are like some like at least the interview with Stephen Williams as, as uh, uh, Creighton Duke. It's like it was just him riffing, trying to make the other people break on set that yes. does not a horror a good horror movie a, a good friday the 13th movie make well and describe steve williams to us right now like his character as creighton duke he's basically quint <laughs> okay. do you see it i mean look at the things he says he says for you know he gives this person the fee there's no way you're going to be able to kill this person i'm the only one that knows how to kill it and if you give me my fee you get the head the tail the whole thing yeah you give, you give me my fee you get the head the mask the machete the whole thing and it's just i don't know and it's just it, it, just, it feels like a lot of like oh rip like super fans or fans enough of the genre made uh, choices and calls on this movie that were like, huh, that would be funny to us. Yeah. And that's, that's cool in a way. If you're making it for all your friends who mm-hmm. know your humor and know and share that sense of humor with you. Uh, yeah. So like Steve Williams is this dude that's like, I mean, he's dressed like a cowboy, which was a part of Steve Williams contract. He put that in there himself. Like, I'll take the role of Creighton so long as I can be a cow. I can be dressed as a cowboy. The backstory apparently is that he has always wanted to hunt Jason, but he became a bounty hunter to like fund his way into finding Jason basically because he has a backstory of. But we never get that in the movie. We don't no, know any of that. All we, we know is that there's this mysterious dude in the movie that wants Jason and seems to know everything about him and is going to hunt him down. Now, separately, Creighton Duke as a character is fun. He's fun. He's fun. He's like he's he's expertly expertly acted. You know, uh, I just think he would be cool. Like if you put him in a situation with. Hell, you put him on the boat and you did like a reimagining of Jaws or something like that. Oh, he yeah. like that would be kind of fun. Or yeah. um uh, yeah, uh if you know, if he was the mysterious man in black in Halloween five or <laughs> I don't know. God, you know there we go. Uh, something, something. His, his character was originally slated to be Tommy Jarvis, yet again. Didn't have the rights to Tommy Jarvis. All we have the rights to is Jason. That's horse shit, Lance, because Victor Miller did not come up with Tommy Jarvis. But anyway. Paramount only gave the rights away to Jason and I believe Crystal Lake. Mm. I believe. So that's all that New Line has to work with are right. those two things, essentially. This I've seen and heard uh, weaker installments in the franchise have, start, have started to come around and people have been looking at them through different lenses and be like, well, at least they were ambitious. Well, at least they tried something. Yada, yada, yada. I don't see the ambition here. Besi- well, I see uh, amb- a lot of ambition. I just I, call maybe you just call it something else. How's that? Yeah. And, no, and, and they did. They called it Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday. But like you want you. OK, let me just really quick backtrack and talk about the trailer for this movie. So if you've watched this movie, you know that you don't get hockey mask wearing Jason for the majority. Mm-hmm. You just don't. I said it in the uh, Pina Killata that the essence of Jason infects different people. So Jason is there, but he's being portrayed and or killing folks by 
other people inhabiting the essence of Jason. So when you see the trailer for this movie, you see hockey mask wearing Jason and I'll get into the, to the choice <laughs> the of look, that. Yes. yes. I'll get into that here in a little bit, yes. but you see that the trailer's like, Oh dang, this is going to be another badass Jason movie. And you got, they show they're showing FBI agents repelling. They're showing like, they show like a demon at one point. You're like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and you know, all these other cool things. You're like, okay, cool. Jason, Jason, Jason. Well, all they did was take clips of Jason from the opening scene and made a full trailer for it. Right. How misleading <laughs> say what you want about the Halloween th- three trailer. Yes. They didn't tell you that Michael wasn't in it, but they didn't tell you that Michael was in it either. Right. Yes, they just said true. like right. Halloween three, the season of the witch come see it. Right. Yeah. Well, this one, they show Jason start to finish of the trailer and beautifully cut. Like, holy crap. That was like, wow, that's going to be a full Friday movie. Jason looks fucked up like i'm gonna go watch it <laughs> yeah. yeah and then you get to the movie and you're like holy shit the trailer was just the first five minutes or 10 minutes of the movie i'd say about five actually i mean if you think about how fast that scene actually goes and the setup for that scene is random girl good looking girl yes uh, smoke show for real travels up to camp crystal lake which is abandoned starts just kind of living in the quarters kind yeah. of a thing like it just takes a bath immediately the movie starts off lance really like friday the 13th huh yeah like it's oh kinda- it's kind of its own thing because it's one person kind of exploring an abandoned camp yep like why is she here exactly she's intriguing she's got a new york mets hat that's all we know about her and obviously like you know she doesn't look terrible and i was like huh and then she's a normal conventions of a Friday movie. She's walking through the cabin, turns on the light. The light explodes. She goes to get extra lights from the shed. The shed door closes. You're like, all right, I know it's, it's an old trope, but I'm, I dig it. I dig it. And she goes in, she sets up to take a shower. She gets naked. You're like, all the boxes are being checked. And then the lights go out. And then here's Jason, messed up he's got the mask is like glued to his face and his face is like overcoming the mask it looks like someone put like a uh a thumbtack in the middle of a bell pepper there's my second bell pepper reference and just turned the bell pepper in the microwave and just turned it on and the bell pepper is about to blow up but the pin the the thumbtack that's the mask anyway he takes a hack at her and she falls and then there's a pursuit and you're like yes 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 i don't know where this is going but actually i do know where it's going because it's a friday the 13th movie and there she goes he's about to get her and he's doing his classic teleportation thing where he's here he's there and he's about to land the final blow that's gonna kill her and all these lights spotlights start turning on and it's like dickin, dickin, dickin. and even jason's like what the fuck is going on here <laughs> he starts looking around he's like why are all these lights then lance's favorite part <laughs> i love this part <laughs> this girl does a beautiful all she's in is a towel by the way she's about to take a bath all yes. she's been running in is a towel yes and that towel is glued on and it, it's not moving she's got a, she's got a, a minor wound when she fell after jason took a, a hack at her right and remember she's like the victim she's running away right. she's like good looking classic friday the 13th girl and then all of a sudden all this setup has happened and she just 
She does she books a, it and does the perfect stunt flip. Yes. Head first. She flips right over a, it's just like a mound, uh, like a, a sheet, a black sheet is covering something. And you realize as soon as she does this perfect somersault combat flip. It's a very 90s stunt. Exactly. You know, it's just like, uh, she yeah. just like flies out and under the sheet is the FBI, one of the FBI agents, and they all just like, go, 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 open fire. And they start shooting Jason. And Jason is getting, you're like, oh, I've seen this. It ain't going to work, you all. Mm-hmm. We, they've shot him before. And they're shooting and they're shooting and Jason's taking it. I'll circle back. Pin. Pin in right now. And they're like, incoming. And it's supposed to be apparently a drone. I don't know. A bomb hits him and explodes him. And Jason is destroyed into a million pieces or at least 10. And that's a million pieces in this shot. 10 pieces in the next shot. Right. When they get to the. So Jason has been defeated and it looked and it is shown that the girl was a plant, an FBI agent who is supposed to. What a job, Uh, (laughs) by the way. Oh, uh, we need someone to get Jason out of the cabin. You. Oh, damn it. Shit. Fine. So she gets Jason out and then obviously, you know, Jason gets destroyed. And in the bushes, we see Creighton Duke being like, I don't think so. And we're like, what do you what don't you think? Right. Well, that's how the movie opens. You're like, oh, they destroyed Jason already. Okay, Remember the pin coming back. Jason is making all the noises. Did you? Yes. He's like, oh, oh, ow, ow. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like growling and huffing and puffing. I immediately, who is this? Like, this isn't Jason. Exactly. I'm like, I wouldn't. It doesn't. It seems like that was added in post because like, I don't know that Kane would have signed off on that. There's There's a lot in this movie. I'm like, there's no way Kane thought that was exactly a thing. Like, there's no way he would have acted that. I would love to meet him at a convention. Just ask him. It's like, well, what was, was that just like, what was that about? Well, it comes into play later because everyone's growling like a freaking lion. The yeah. rest of the movie, whoever has been possessed by Jason has this weird lioness, lion growl. Especially George Washington Duke. Good time to put some muscle behind this muscle. So George Washington Duke is the first coroner. Well, the coroner. The main coroner. Yeah, the There's main like coroner. like an assistant, but uh, the main coroner does his yeah. little autopsy, is making a recording, finds Jason's heart full Which, of like, black goo. The most awkward is the black goo the same black goo from Black Christmas 2019? Yes. Remember, it possesses you. Viscous. That's right. Viscous bile. Goo. Mm. See, folks, Interesting. we tie it all together. Go watch our episode, Black Christmas 2019. <laughs> or listen. You listen to it. You don't have to watch a movie. Uh, so, so, here we are, folks. We have been bamboozled, Lance. We've been run amok. We have been thwarted. We, the audience, the collective, we are sitting in the theaters and we're just like, why did you do this? This was uh, just like Halloween 2 and Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, rather. Yes. The hospital is so fun. It's like, ooh, this is going to be gritty. It's going to be good. And then it was all a fucking dream. (laughs) So in here, you're like, oh, this is going to be cool. All right. All right. I see it. And then they blow Jason up and you're like, wait, what? Five minutes in, what did I pay for? So you don't get any, 
We're like now 30 minutes in. You don't see hockey mask. 40 minutes in. You don't you don't see hockey mask, folks, no. except in like minor reflections for anyone who's being possessed. Apparently, apparently, if you look at yourself in the mirror and you're being possessed by the essence of Jason, you see yourself wearing a hockey mask. Sure. At hockey pants. I'm not wearing hockey pants. Uh, yeah. So we bite into the heart of Jason, which is disgusting and fun gore. It's edible. It's all edible. Great. Um, and now we're possessed by Jason and we pass that on. How do we pass that on? Oh, a la puppet master. (laughs) A scene popped up in my head from this movie and I just was like, oh yeah, the erotic shaving scene. I forget. Mm, Yeah. I got to get to that. Oh no, I don't. That's, uh, uh, it is It is apparently revealed later by Creighton Duke, who's the only one that knows how to kill Jason. Yeah, if you want to know, you got to, I'll, I'll tell you how to do it. You can't. No, I'm the one that knows. Right. And then, well, I don't have any, uh, well, how do I get it? How do I get the information, Mr. Duke? Uh, $50,000. I don't have money. Okay, let me break your finger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Twice, wasn't it? What? <laughs> ha! 50 grand or let me break your finger uh well i don't have 50 grand so i guess break my finger twice yeah what is he asking wait are you ready are you sure you're ready are you sure you're ready yeah (laughs) are you sure you're ready i just don't understand what the point of that is it's like okay he's like i gotta test to see if you are willing to pay the ultimate price of breaking your phalanges so okay oh but also it is revealed that the folks, oh, Diosito de mi vida. the folks, the people who are infected by Jason, it is only a temporary infection right. because the essence, the evil of Jason is so evil. It's so polluted. It is so toxic that you cannot hang on to it for very long. You have to pass it on. When you're possessed by Jason, mm-hmm. are you essentially Jason? Or are you yourself just with the evil of Jason inside of you? You're Jason and you're also a barber. <laughs> I'm so glad you're getting to that. You know exactly I just, what I'm talking about. It also, again, again, folks, it just, it feels, and uh, camp, uh, sorry, Crystal Lake Memories does do a lot of like interviews with the people who were involved in this, in this movie. And it is pretty much... I think spot on with the let's see what's let's see what's funny. Let's see what's weird and and quirky and let's do it. And where you traditionally would see a lot of naked women in 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 precarious positions, they were placed with men in those positions and things of that nature. Uh but yeah, um Jason's essence has to be passed on via that viscous black goo that has materialized within yourself as a slug huge parasite it's like a gargajo which is like a a loogie a big loogie okay just a huge black you need to drink water loogie okay I don't know, man. I didn't write this shit. <laughs> I, I was trying to put it together. We got to go back to the barber joke because we didn't even explain it. There's an entire homoerotic 
shaving scene with one of the possessed. There, yeah, there's no reason to, first of all, tie this person down with leather straps. If, that's what I'm saying is if you're possessed by Jason and one of the, the people that are possessed by Jason later on definitely just acts like Jason possessed. Yes. Like a, the version of Jason. They don't speak. They just have this kind of distant stare and they kill. But for one scene, somebody possessed by Jason ties somebody down. Yes. It's a man and he's naked and strapped down. Mm-hmm. He starts uh, sharpening his leather or his, his razor. He's his got razor, a straight edge. That's yeah. right. On the leather uh-huh. and puts shaving cream on some. Like, did Jason ever do any of this? He wasn't. I'm just like, if, if you're Jason and you're like, oh, I have to shave this person <laughs> before I infect them. Okay, fine. I'll believe that for two seconds, Jason, that you need to shave somebody down, shave their mustache, shave their beard before you infect them. Yet, thank what a what a sweet, evil person to use the shaving cream. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, if you're like, I have to shave you. Was that a hot towel that he put over his face too? I mean, kinda, it, I mean, that's pretty that's relaxing. Just like full service. Yeah. Full service Jason Voorhees, hot <laughs> towel barber. Uh yeah service look man there are a lot of like weird choices in this movie but we learn very quickly that there are at least two folks two women that have a there's a more vested interest in these women particularly one we meet right away diana and she's talking on the phone to her daughter Mm. who's jessica well, the last person to get, well, sorry, the second person to get infected by Jason is the sheriff of the town. So as you can see, folks, there's like a thing where it's like, oh, it's the sheriff. He's walking to me. Fine. I'm not going to like lose my mind. Be like, hey, sheriff, how's it going? But the sheriff is definitely on a mission and he's trying to, there's no extra rhyme or reason why they pick who they pick to get infected, except this one is like, oh, they're looking. The sheriff is trying to infect this woman, Diana, why? Hmm. Hmm. The questions. Uh, maybe this person, maybe Diana is a little bit more special than others. Yeah, she is. <laughs> Diana Voorhees, apparently. This is Jason's sister. What? Jason had a sister? Yeah. Barf. Oh. <laughs> God, it I, is revealed, folks, now in this movie that there is an incredible backstory that Jason had siblings and Jason can only live again after being blown up by possessing a Voorhees. So he tries to possess his sister, Diana, but in the process, while she's almost going to be possessed she gets killed. So now Jason is like, oh, dang, I got to look for somebody else. Who else is related to me? Well, Diana had a daughter. So now Jason's on the lookout or on the hunt for her. <sighs> I'm exhausted just from. You're you know, exhausted. All that. You had to say it. Um, <clears throat> the, I, the, that was always an original concept. I can kind of get into the concepts for this Please film do. before. Yes. Um one was it was always like somebody's gonna bite into Jason's heart essentially, but it took place back on Camp Crystal Lake. Okay, and there's a an apparent laboratory now at Camp Crystal Lake. Jason wakes up in the laboratory on Camp Crystal Lake and watches his heart be taken out, and he's still alive. He watches the heart. Danny's falling asleep. Here we go. Uh, 
And it turns out the person that bites into this heart is actually named Elias Voorhees. His father. Technically, this time around, is his brother, his long-lost evil brother. Oh, Elias Voorhees was uh, at the end of uh, Jason Lives, right? Or it was at the end of, I think, five. Alluded to? Yeah, yeah. Like the the idea. The, and when in you- the comics, I think it switched and it became his dad. I don't even fucking know. Uh. But that's, <clears throat> yeah, that was supposed to be him. And then he goes on a killing rampage, becomes the new Jason. Um, instead, we got what we got, which is this bizarre movie that we're trying to describe. So some of the things that we can hold on to dear to get you to get us through this movie. Uh, Stephen Williams' performance, because that's just fun. Yeah, he's the character you take out of this. Yeah. The one you keep. But you got Kane Hodder, who's back as Jason, still doing when he can be Jason. His breathing, his lumbering, his his iconic stuff. I also do want to give uh, a, sh- uh, a shout out to Stephen in this movie because when he's got his moments especially the comedic moments uh with the other deputy mm. and you know when he's fighting and stuff like that they're 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 nice they're they're kind of cool he's a good actor mm. there's some comedy definitely with within and, those characters and it lands uh but not much can be salvaged honestly i'm going to be very honest folks not i can't salvage a lot from this film i think it's such a far departure from the friday the 13th franchise this whole supernatural thing of a slug and 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 a demon that is the essence of evil that is jason no 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 there's only one slasher that is the essence of evil that is pure evil and it is not jason Voorhees. it is leprechaun no it is oh my god how do you get leprechaun in every episode because i can it is michael myers so we're left with a lot of okay well we'll take it at face value it's an interesting to say to put it at least as as Here's how convoluted. complimentary as possible, I, I guess. Here's how convoluted the story is. The writer, director added in, but nobody knows the actual backstory, but added in from the Evil Dead, the Necronomicon. The Necronomicon. Necronomicon. Makes Thank you. an appearance in this movie. Yeah. Why? Um, I don't know. <laughs> There's a house of Voorhees in this. Yes, apparently there was this whole relic infested Voorhees house that I guess came after all these siblings and and cousins and everyone who was a part of this Voorhees lineage frequented this summer house, apparently. But one of the cool things is that there is a crate. Oh, yeah. There's a crate in the basement of the Voorhees house that is the crate from Creepshow. Yeah. Um, the Necronomicon was another piece of backstory that wasn't told to us. Okay. And that was that Pamela Voorhees read from it and resurrected Jason. But again, we have no rights to Evil Dead. We had no rights to even have the book in there, but it is. Um, so there was like the hopes that down the line, there would be some Evil Dead crossover, mm-hmm. but none of this was approved. Nobody got paid for it properly. So it's just in there. Well, that's that's that. I don't 
Look, let's just continue going with this film. As you know, as we've already said, there is this idea that Jason is now being transferred from body to body in his search to possess a Voorhees relative. The mother, Diana Voorhees, which is his sister, has been killed. And so Jason is now looking for the daughter who is attached to Stephen as they were uh, at least one at one point lovers and they have a baby. So now if he doesn't get Jessica, he at least has the baby as well. So all that run and fight against time while peppering in that Creighton Duke is the one that's going to help them. And you're thinking, okay, well, this is easy enough. Let's just get Jason in a spot where we can all kill him and uh, it'll be good to go. We'll just do it again. No, apparently <laughs> to kill him, a Voorhees also has to kill him so she can resurrect him and she can kill him too. Well, that's fantastic. So what do you need, Lance, to do that? Um, let's see. What do you need? Possibly a gun? No. Not a gun? Uh, a machete? Not a machete. Hey. Uh, how about like, let's see, a mysterious dagger? So this dagger... Does it? What does it look like? Is it just like a uh, dagger you could keep in your boot? No, it's got to have some sort of like history look to it, at least. And can you um, see this dagger? Can sure. ev- can anyone see this dagger? Not just anyone. Oh. Um. Uh. No. Who can see it? Um. Only a Voorhees just apparently the, can just, make this dagger. It's the Voorhees dagger. It's the Vor. It's the Daggies. The Voragger. Voragies. The Voragies. Yes. Uh, this dagger that apparently Creighton Duke's been holding around this whole time and making his statements just hands it to Jessica. Jessica grabs it and it turns into like a massive dagger with a huge handle. Not. It is not functional. Sorry. That. No. It, it just looks like the top of a maker's mark. <laughs> that melted wax. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it looks like at, the, at, at its handle. It's just a huge letter opener, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so mysterical or mysterical. <laughs> it's uh, so mysterical is what we're all dealing it's with. It's a here. mysterious dagger that only the Voorhees. Uh, it's just, I don't know. What what are we doing? There is something really fun, though, and nice about uh, one of the actors in here. Leslie Jordan is in this movie. Uh, and yeah. if anyone was doing what I was doing during the pandemic, I was glued to my phone watching Leslie Jordan videos where he would just chime in with his little tidbits and whatnots. And he is uh, young, obviously a younger Leslie Jordan here, but oh God, he is so funny. And I, I love those videos. Well, shit. What are y'all doing? Y'all trying to kill Jason? Well, I think just take him out of this diner and they'll be fine. <laughs> Why is Jason so mad? <laughs> is it because is it because he has one eye? I don't know. I was just trying to come up with something. That was great. Thank you. <sighs> uh, yeah, I don't have much else about this movie. Uh, if anyone else could have played Creighton Duke, who would you pick? Think horror loyal horror royalty. Ah. Sean Astin. (laughs) (laughs) What? Uh, Vincent Price would have been cool. I mean, like, obviously, there's no way. Possible. Like Like, somebody that may have actually auditioned for this. Oh. um, Oof. What about uh, Lance Henriksen? That would have been fun. That would have been cool. Yep. No. Uh, Who who am I not uh, thinking of? Um, Well... 
<clears throat> oh wait, well, uh, Bruce Campbell could have been fun. That would have been fun. Ro- not Robert England. Like no way. Like no way. No. Well, I, I'll talk about the director a little bit and his Adam drama. Okay. Well, um, so he's a very contradictory uh, element into this. So the reason that we had a lot more male nudity in this is because he came out and said like, Oh, the past Friday the 13th movies are so sexist. There's so many naked women. Why aren't there any naked men? That's why there's more of a balance in this movie. Yet he wanted his main star to be naked in a shower scene that she did not agree to Mm -hmm. turned into a big ordeal. Okay. So much to the fact that, she left the set. I'm talking about Key and Keenan. Key. Oh, I'm playing Jessica, right? Keegan. Keegan, yes. Carrie Keegan left the set, talked to her agent, said, I'm not going back. She ends up going back once he's gone. Sean S. Cunningham has to finish the shoot as director. Ah. Um, one thing that he did, again, like sounds like a piece of shit, but he followed um, George A. Romero's lead in having a strong hero lead that was black. Okay. Black man. So he, that was what we were going to cast. Okay. So who auditioned for it? Tony Todd actually auditioned for it. Damn. Post Candyman. First Candyman was, was 1992. That would have been a lot of fun. I think he would have knocked it out of the park as well. We got a great version of this character and I'm totally happy with, I I guess I have to say I'm happy with what we got. I mean, sure. It it, would have been a nice, like other horror surprise. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Stephen William does a, a great, a great job i mean it is dog shit of a script <laughs> it is as i said you know shit going through a spaghetti strainer in the middle of a desert like honestly at high noon like for real though yeah um i don't know i i pretty i think i have my ear to the ground with when people are coming around for certain things and things of that nature not that it would affect me otherwise because i know some folks have been coming around for friday 13th part five and I that's not me. So what I guess I'm saying here is that I have not seen anyone say anything redeeming about this movie as far as plot wise. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, it did. However, uh, the character who plays Steven reprised his role sort of, or was involved in the Friday the 13th TV series that, uh, so that was kind of cool, uh, sort of connection there. But folks, to say that this movie jumped the shark at the end, I mean, for real, it jumps the shark completely at the end. You have a full on sperm demon of squealing, yeah. squealing sperm demon that came out of the last body that Jason was inhabiting. And remember when I said, good God, I also have to mention there's a huge plot point in the sense of that there's this like shock DJ or so, or not uh, shock interviewer kind of like uh, Barry Sims. That's who Lance was uh, oh, yeah. uh, portraying here in the beginning. He is on the is, is kind of like hard copy. He's on the hunt and, 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 you know, trying to bring the story and tries to change and affect the story by getting the corpse of Diana and bringing it to the house of Voorhees so that he can shoot his final episode there. Well, we think we've thwarted Jason. He's not going to infect Jessica, but when he, good God, I can't believe I'm about to fucking say this, but when demon sperm, Jason is in the basement, he finds a corpse of his sister, Diana Voorhees. And goes into her via yeah. 
in between her legs. And that's the type of crass bullshit we're talking about in this goddamn movie. And then Jason is reborn. Kane Hodder is back, uh, which I i don't know what the rules are. I'm being reincarnated, but I guess you also get to keep the same fucked up overalls and, and coveralls and shit and your hair is all still busted up. Why wouldn't he be brand new Jason? Why wouldn't he be the girl? Like he possessed exactly. everyone else. Why wouldn't he be, re- be resurrected as his sister? Yeah. No, he comes back full on boiled head Jason. From full the on busted ass, pimple ass, tiny thumbtack of a mask he look, ass. He looks like a stress ball. He lo- he does look like a stress ball. He also looks like when you had the stretch Armstrong and you pulled it really, really far mm-hmm. and it was like not able to return back to its stretchness. That's what his head looked like. He looks like one of those basketballs you want at the fair that lost its inflatable, like it lost its air uh, 10 days after you came back to the house. He looks like a piece of bubble gum that was lost at the fair for like 10 days. He looks like the old cabbage that they throw out the end of the day, but someone's like, oh shit, that's half price. I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. He looks like a pumpkin that threw up. Uh, he looks like an inside out pumpkin. Yes, he looks awful. Well, folks, as you could tell, we are definitely riffing at this point because <laughs> Jason gets stabbed by Jessica Voorhees. He returns to hell. Yay. Jason's dead again, finally. And Jason goes to hell. Uh, and that's it. Right? He shoots Lance? off some flares from his chest into the night sky. And that's it. His mask is left behind into the dust. The dust settles. A uh, nice little puppy comes, digs up the mask, and runs away, it, right? and that's it. There's nothing into after the that? sunset, into dan- into the dawn of the next day. Oh, that's nice. There's not there's not even one cool thing that happens in this movie at the end. Nope, that's it. <gasps> until <laughs> until right at the very end, the final shot you see is Jason's mask in the dirt. And the hand and claw of Freddy Krueger reaching up from beneath the soil to pull it down as he laughs. And that's how the movie actually ends. And Jason finally does actually go to hell. Setting up what we all knew was being worked on, apparently, behind the scenes, Freddy versus Jason. And uh, that's Jason Goes to Hell, folks. Well, we did it. I'm very impressed with how much we were able to squeeze out of this uh, film. Is it worth the watch? I remember I've always said I look for redeeming things and we've talked about the redeeming qualities like Stephen Williams' performance. Leslie Jordan is hilarious. And, uh, you know, you got some badass girls doing some, you know, flips over FBI agents. So there's some cool moments for sure. Yeah. That's all I got, though. Uh, yeah. I, again, I try to watch this as like, okay, I'm going to put away the idea that this is in the Friday the 13th franchise. I'm going to try to put Jason away in my head. Is this a good 90s horror film? I, there's nothing redeemable about nope. it. Like, you've probably gotten to this point. If you're listening still, you're like, what the fuck are they talking about? We're trying so hard to decode this film and all the backstory that we weren't told. And it all like this wasn't a movie that was cut down because of gore or anything like that this is just a bad poorly put together film altogether it was a bad movie the cover art was probably the only thing that got me excited when i saw that in the movie in the video store it was a fire as a background with a metallic jason mask with a dick coming through its uh (laughs) 
With a smiley face. With a smiley face. It's smiling at me. Uh, it was like a worm coming through the hole. So it's like, I don't know what I'm looking at, but fine. It says Jason and it's a Friday 13th. So I'm going to check it out. And it is the least watched for me of the entire franchise. I watch five more than I do this. Uh, same here, actually. I kind of told you this before. I've watched this. I've never watched this movie all the way through, actually, but I've seen I've seen clips of it, like just passing by. It's been on TV or whatever and not realizing what movie it was actually from. And then I watched the whole thing together and trying to like, oh, my goodness, I've tried in the past, but this was just your wolf uh, all over. So. Uh, yeah, that's uh, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, Danny, how many machetes do you give? Jason goes to hell. Jason goes to hell will get negative two machetes <laughs> from me. A big old do not watch. Uh, I kind of feel bad now that I've given uh, Friday the 13th five no machetes because this one is another zero for me. Um, I probably won't watch it again <laughs> for yeah, a very, very, honestly. very long time. So, uh, hope, I hope that y'all stuck with us. I hope even after listening to this episode that you come back, please. Uh, uh it gets a little better. Um, but folks, we will never lead you astray like Kathleen did to the caretaker in Jason lives. There's uh bringing it back to the date, the, the fun days yeah. of the Friday 13th franchise. But we promised we would get through the entire franchise. We are fans of the of the franchise. Absolutely. All good and bad. And we will bring you our the God honest opinion of us, the Slasher's Paradise, to make sure that uh, we're keeping it correct. So if yeah. we honestly told you that, oh, I like this movie. It's nice. No, you it's that's horseshit. Yeah. So and we're not gatekeepers. We're not toxic. We're just giving you our opinion. Uh, trying to have some fun with all these movies. But anyway, until next time, that's Danny. I'm Lance reminding you to lock your doors, boat your windows. And, um, well, think of a little girl in a pink dress, putting a hot dog through a donut. <laughs> Join us next time in our slasher's paradise. Nobody's going to touch that fucking ray of sunshine. Hey, did you hear anything you like? Thanks for listening to Slasher's Paradise tonight. Did you know that you can watch our podcast? Where? YouTube.com. If you go to YouTube.com, look up Slasher's Paradise, you'll find the Dead Candy page. And there you can see all of our podcasts, as well as a few shorts that Danny and I have put out. While you're there, please subscribe. And while you are listening here, go ahead and find yourself that rate and review button. Five stars is what we would love for you guys to give us. And you know what? If you can't think of anything to say in the review, why don't you go ahead and put some recommendations and or requests of horror movies that you would love for us to talk about. If you'd like to find out more information about Slasher's Paradise or Dead Candy, the producer of our show, you can head over to Facebook.com slash Dead Candy Fix. That's D-E-D Candy Fix. Here's to you guys. This is Slasher's Paradise. Sorry, I had to work that in. And I'm going to drink on that.